Hello, I'm Tim Saunders, and welcome to The Eight Dice, a new D&D actual play series. This is going to be a roleplay-heavy, long-term campaign, pre-recorded, very, very slightly edited, just, just if there's any uh, technical hiccups, really. We are in Australia, after all. Then premiered live on YouTube and Twitch over the weekends with airtimes in the description. Podcast version is also available and should be on Google Play, iTunes, and Spotify right after the premiere of the video version. I'm your dungeon master for this series, and I have many pages of house rules and tweaks, classes and races especially, so my best advice is just to go with the flow and not pick apart the rules too much. I'm also the kind of dungeon master that likes to keep a quick pace, so snap rulings will happen. We're coming in not so much at the middle of a campaign per se, but somewhere within the first quarter, so the characters have already met and they've been on some adventures together. They're up to level 6, but don't worry, we're going to do a very, very quick recap of all the highlights in just a second, and the details can trickle out here and there over the course of the next few episodes. So, welcome to the world of Avalon, a fantasy continent inspired by colonial history with generous heapings of steampunk and magipunk. This is a land at war, where mounted elvish warriors charge halfling gun emplacements and mysterious clerics of the new gods wield technology salvaged from desert ruins that threatens to uproot all traditional beliefs the citizenry hold dear. Inside this powder keg just waiting to explode, six adventurers met in the windswept fishing village of Saltzmere. Each were solitary outcasts in a world divided into factions. A world that started to leave them behind. But they've been doing some catching up. So far, they've fought their way through a nest of mutated lizardfolk experiments who were driven to insanity by their dark maker, losing one of their own in the fight. They were then joined by a hedonistic goblin druid and his many animal friends and placated dragon wormlings that were ready to kill them all to defend the honor of their fallen parent. And they did this all through simple song. They brought elves to the humble town of Saltzmere, speaking dark omens of halfling Proudthorn airships encroaching further and further south. And most recently, they made a deal with the town's local shady yet rich merchant. In return for clearing out an encampment of Durga from the nearby mine shafts and tunnels, they would receive a ship. Then they could make their way to the southern city of Solaris to the clerics there to lift a curse placed on one of their own by the possessions of their very first adversary. Solaris is the home city of Farrant, our cursed Loxodon cleric and the center of alternative religion in the entire continent. The situation complicated when the party realized that Durga had taken hostages. Hostages Ari, our half-elf bard with a mysterious past, had apparently known very well many years ago. Luckily, the hostages were freed with the help of a new friend, a sorcerer with aberrant powers who felt a connection with a true spider at the web of the situation, a Mind Flayer. The party, who still do not have a group name, killed the Mind Flayer, delivering its head to the merchant Gellan Primewater, and in return, gaining a very dirty, very rundown, very mossy, but seaworthy vessel. With Ari's old friends in tow, they headed back to their farmhouse via the Azua Sea to drop the two off. This is when they met the ship's owner and current occupant, a strange goliath named Dr. Moss. When last we played, these adventurers were settling in for the night, either at the farmhouse of Samuel and Cecilia, Ari's old friends, or in their new vessel, and the friendly sorcerer had vanished once more into the night. That was the last session with just us, now we're very excited to open it up to the rest of the internet. So, welcome Wayfarers to the Eight Dice. Now, after that dark intro, cut to Moss eating people's pet frogs and Duva trying to show children Mind Flayer corpses. Roll the intro.
<laughs> okay. So that was the I little scripted uh, preamble, everybody. Now we're going off script. <coughs> and it all begins. Um, so with those pleasantries out of the way, let's get started. Can everyone just give me their name, their character name, uh, race, class, and just a quick burst of their character's voice. So podcast listeners can immediately differentiate between everybody. So we'll start with Ari. Me? Okay. Yes, you. <laughs> so I say my real name or Ari's name? Both. Okay. My name is Maddie. I play a, a half-elf bard called Ariana Farron, or Ari for short. Uh, I'm Aussie, so I think, and I speak like this, and Ari supposedly talks like this. She she puts on a really thick, kind of not a real Scottish accent. So, yeah, that's Ari. There is a slightly, a slightly different accent <laughs> Ari occasionally does as well. Yes, but. she <laughs> does not have a, a true accent, no. to say the least. No, but you'll hear that when you hear that. Uh, James! <laughs> How's it going? Hello, You're up next. Oh, oh, my name is James. Bradshaw. <laughs> Dramatic pause. Uh, I'm playing uh, Farron Bilbras, uh, Loxodon Cleric in the Domain of Peace. He is a very kind, very lawful individual. Um, mostly, uh, usually very respectful of people's boundaries. And he follows the new god Torm. And he follows the new god Torm, yes, very important. Oh, and Loxodons, what are they? Loxodons? So, not everyone's going to know. Loxodons are, well, they're elephant people. Yes. <laughs> they are humans, but with elephant-like traits, like yes. entire elephant head. Actually, they would have already seen that in the intro, so I don't really know why I brought that up. <laughs> yeah, Dylan. Well, that's what I am. Dylan or Me? BP, as we sometimes call you. Yeah, hi, I'm Dylan, or sometimes BP. I am playing Flintlock who is a human warlock gunslinger. Um, and he that's, sort that's of the, just... That's uh, the Matt Mercer gunslinger class, by the way, everybody. It's a oh, yeah, class. yeah, yeah. And um, he, he he's very gruff. Uh, like, you know, his voice, it's like, the, the name be Flintlock, you know? It's just, just kind of very generic, gruff, old man piratey type stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's me, baby. <laughs> Jackson. Oh, that's me. Hi, I'm Jackson, and I play, uh... I play, I play Figob Small Eye. Nice to meet ya. On, uh, on the eight dice. Jackson single-handedly made goblins all sound like they have Brooklyn accents in the entire world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um... Yeah, that's me. Uh, he's a, he's a goblin ranger druid. Um, has a bunch of, bunch of little, little companion friendos, um, who, uh... You know, basically, basically his only friends in a way, and you know they get up to mischief. They're a little little team. He's like a Pokemon trainer. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. Yeah, Connor. Hi, I uh, I'm Connor. I'm playing Doctor Moss or Monstrosity. Um, he is a hill giant, uh, slightly homebrewed. Uh, sorry, hill alive. alive. Yeah. yeah, slightly homebrewed um, with a few additional resistances and stuff to sort of break away from the traditional Goliath. Yeah, Goliaths in Avalon, uh, they take after giants. So they each, like, there's fire Goliaths, uh, ice Goliaths, and they each have, like, different elemental powers. So the hill Goliaths are, are very, like, necrosis-based. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, so uh, Moss is a uh, level 6 paladin uh, with an Oath of Vengeance. Mm. And we're going to find out a lot more about that because Moss just joined the party literally last session. 
Uh, finally, Charlotte. Hey, I'm Charlotte. I'm playing God, I need Duva. To turn down. <laughs> oh, <laughs> too loud. Uh, yeah. I'm playing Duva, the wild magic minotaur. Unlike Ari, her accent is uh, a little bit more natural. It's uh, she was born with it or learned it, whatever it is, whatever learned folk will say it is. And um, yeah, hopefully, last session she wasn't very bright. So let's no, no let's hope that that's back. <laughs> The mind flayer did tend <laughs> yeah. to uh, knock her around a little bit. Uh, she's also a barbarian, by the way, not a sorcerer. Because you say no, that's magic. correct. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> barbarian. Whoopsie. Definitely not a sorcerer. Uh, half the time, I think she has no idea the magic even happens or where it comes from. <laughs> Wild magic barbarian. Just in yes. case we want to edit that back in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, should we should we mention the coin dilemma? Yeah. The, the coin dilemma will get brought up naturally. Yeah. I think. Okay. Uh, this is just a very, very brief overview of just like the raw basics <laughs> of all the characters. Um, yep. Okay. So, we're going to get started. We open or reopen our story on the south coast of Makonos, the kingdom of Makonos, uh, which is one of the very uh, saffron kingdoms of the continent of Abalon. Um, and this is an area known as the Azua Coast because the Azua Sea links together Makonos and the jungles to the south and also a very sandy area called the Domain of the Corsair, which is where the party are heading next. Uh, on this area known as the Domain of the Corsair, there are ruins known as the Wreck of the Gods left behind by the Zakamai civilization, which perished many, many thousands of years ago in a calamity that nobody really knows the origins of. Um, but these were uh, people that were very, very close to the gods, so these Zakamai ruins are considered holy. And because of that, next to the Zakamai ruins is the holy city of Solaris, which the party are now heading to to help heal uh, the Oxidon cleric Farrant from his curse. Uh, but our story is not opened there. Instead, our story is going to open uh, on Makonos. So it is the morning. The light is filtering through the trees, and... Sunbeams are coming through a dirty window through a farmhouse where Ari is currently sleeping. And as the sun hits your eyelids, Ari, your eyelids start to flutter open. You just give me a physical description of how Ari looks and also the very first thing she does when she wakes up in the morning. Ari flutters her eyelids and lets out a huge yawn. <sighs> and just kind of tries to block out the light. She's had a very tough, trying few days. Yes. This is the first bed she's had in a few days. It's a simple bed made out of straw, but it's a bed nonetheless. It's a bed. <laughs> and she just kind of relives everything that happened. Opens her green eyes and goes, Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Her hair is messy, her her braids are undone. She her sits up. Clothes are all covered in blood. They <laughs> are they are filthy. It, it happens covered all the time in dirt, blood, her. dried blood. It's unsure if it's hers or others. <laughs> she sits up and just kinda takes in her surroundings and She's in the attic. Uh, she's in the attic? Yeah, you sit up on the edge of the straw bed, and next to you, still snoring loudly is the massive uh, lump covered in blankets <laughs> that is Duva. You can just see her horns, her minotaur <laughs> horns. Um, and there's just like a little bit of drool coming out of her mm. open mouth. Yep, sounds yep. like her. 
Ari just kind of observes the sleeping minotaur, just kind of goes, hmm. <laughs> it's a bit of a miracle that this bed is actually held together because yeah. at some point during the night, it is it is creaking yeah. under her weight. Duva is eight foot tall. <laughs> it is entirely uh, broken. Yeah, there is uh, a lot of hay that is no longer in that bed. It's all over the no. floor. <laughs> some, of it's in, some of some of it's in her mouth because she yeah got she's been chewing on it in her sleep. That's yeah. Yep. The cow instincts right. have taken over. Yeah, they have. Yeah. <laughs> Ari just kind of swings her little half-elf legs over the side of the bed and just kind of sits. And she just takes in everything before just breathing in, gaining her composure. Let the act begin. So yeah. she <laughs> she starts brushing her hair with her little fingers and doing them in messy braids with a little ribbon that she always wears. Does two little braids... Kind of scrubs her face with her hands. There's dried blood, some mud. And then she just kind of sits and observes Duva. And she she doesn't know if it's safe to wake up the sleeping the sleeping companion. Yeah. <laughs> Before Ari thinks back to uh, mm. how exactly uh, the last couple of days have gone for Duva. Uh, the whole like mind flayer situation, she seems to just like have almost entirely lost her mind. Um, her eyes have just like glazed over the entire time a couple of times she attacked other members of the party so caution is fair in this situation and she stands up puts on her dirty boots that are very well worn does a little stretch makes the loud crack back motion a lot of cracking and then she just goes ay ay wait I'm in Cecilia's house. And she quickly trots down the stairs. Okay. Uh, as you trot uh, down the stairs, Ari, you like rush past uh, Duva and this wakes Duva. So we're going to go to you next. Um, Duva, you have these, for the last couple of days, your dreams have like been almost blank, right? You, just, you haven't yeah. really dreamed of anything at all because uh, as no your like, sanity and intelligence has just like wasted away uh, from various different factors. It's almost um, like I was on one intelligent point. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's also taking your imagination with it. So you just have like this weird, like dreamless sleep. But last night was different. Last night, uh, what you're currently dreaming at the moment, you just see this tentacled figure just like cackling at you, but it's like a, a horrible cackle. It's not a human cackle. It's not even like a witch's cackle. It's more of just like a... <laughs> just like a gurgling sort of sound that could almost be mistaken for a laugh um you just feel like not only is he cackling above you but like his spit is falling down onto your face the tentacles are just arriving right wrapping around your horns wrapping around your face wrapping around your entire body and then you wake up with a start um and the first thing you do is you just grab your axe because oh you, you feel someone rushing past you Oh, yeah, I, I, I get up with an absolute start and I'm just wiping my face with all this whatever the fuck that spittle was. I've got my axe in one hand and I can hear footsteps running past. So kind of like you've been on a blind bender and she's just kind of <laughs> mentally, physically hung over. She takes a swing towards where Ari's at, but hopefully she's out of the, the room by then. <laughs> oh uh, Ari? Um... Yeah? Oh no. Actually... Duva, I am going to have you make an attack roll. Oh, no. Yeah. 
it's a good way to introduce our heroes, isn't it? Yeah. Dude is gonna uh, kill our... <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, so this is coming in with a plus 10. Yeah. So that's a 26? Is that gonna Okay. Hit? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh, yeah. Dover. Absolutely. Oh. You do a wild swing, but your intelligence has started to come back to you. You're no longer this, like, one intelligence uh, bestial thing. So you do indeed... You're about to hit Ari, but just at the like the moment after you like wipe the spittle, it it started to come to you. Your thoughts started to uh, become clear. That sort of brain fog dissipated, and as you like rubbed your face, you're like, wait a minute, there actually is no spittle. That was just a dream. You can now differentiate between dreams and reality, oh, and you remember as you go to hit Ari that you're looking into the eyes of your friend. So if you would like up to your character, but you can stop with just like an inch left yeah. between your blade and her face. <laughs> I'm gonna could stop like, like a... an inch. <laughs> could I do like an acrobatics roll to like, kind of be like ah! Well, she hit you, so uh, Oh my god. The attack, I, I, roll fac- I the attack roll factors in you trying to escape. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, uh, uh, yes, yeah. you, you can pull the attack if you'd like to. I'd, I'd like to pull the attack. I've got, like, <laughs> yeah. one eye that's crusted shut and the other eye yeah. is, like, blarely blinking <laughs> into this this bloodied figure that is my best friend or, you know, our, our friend. Probably not best friend at this point. Can't I tell you why? So, and Ari, kinda... you, you and Duva make eye contact and you see for the first time in a few days that she's starting to look a bit more... She has clarity in those eyes. In the one eye that's open. In the one eye that's open. <laughs> She's got like haze sticking to like different parts yeah. of her face. Yeah. <laughs> Ari's just kind of frozen before just looking at her eyes and going, What the absolute fuck are you doing? <laughs> oh, good morning. It's been a minute. Has, has a weekend fucking drunk recently because I feel like there's been. I've got like. You ever get... She's really talkative for the morning, which is really bizarre. <laughs> yes. But it's almost like she hasn't been talking for the last two days and yeah. has to catch up with it. Have you been drinking? I feel like I've got, like, black spots. Eventually she's going to pull her axe back. And it hasn't happened yet, but, you know, some somewhere along that line she pulls back her axe and starts pulling herself out of the ruin that has been this bed that poor Ari had to sleep in. <laughs> As the the heavy drinker of the party, I I think I would know if there was a party, as you know, I normally get blackout drunk and cause mischief. So I can confirm that we have not partaken in any alcohol, but you have been a little dazed the past few days. Uh-huh. So does that mean I- that I've drank alcohol and none of you guys have kept up? Because that's lame. That would be stingy. I, I'm not gonna lie with you. If you were hoarding your own alcohol from us, that would be that would be kind of rude. Yeah, no, um, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I really wish I could tell you what's been going on with you, but I can say you have a very hard fist and a very good swing, and I'm pretty sure some of this she gestures to the blood on her <laughs> is mine. <laughs> The blade uh, is still, like, literally right in front of your eye. Dover's swing is fucking deadly. Uh, so if, 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 if you'd be obliged, I don't think I need a new eye or haircut at this time. 
I really flex my facial muscles and that one eye that's crusted over blinks open. <laughs> it's just like a flex, like... Uh. <laughs> Ari then, now has, like, the eyebrow slit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just a cool little cut. Um, yeah. And then she pulls back her great axe and there's, like, this random visceral thought in her head of, like, I swear I tried to give this to the boys last night. Oh, yeah, I yeah, just absolutely did. I did. Oh. Yeah, that makes sense. Because <laughs> there's two okay. little boys here that she was trying to make friends with. Um, oh, yeah, so mm. you um, you still have the... Do you have the head or do you have the body? You just I, have the body. Yeah. You gave the head to Gellon Prime Order. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention that. Inside yeah. the room, uh, Duva <laughs> gestures over uh, to the body, just this, like, stripped, naked body, um... Of this strange creature, it was a mind flayer that they thought they do the cut the head off of it uh, after it attempted to flay her. Um, this was in the previous session, and it's now decapitated, and the body has just like these long, elongated fingers. These like it's humanoid, but it's just got this like long, misshapen torso, long legs, long limbs. It's like a human that's been stretched. And if you look closely, you can actually see that skin is actually made out of tentacles that are all entwined with one another. It's truly oh. alien. Um, which is why Gellon Prime Order, who you did the job for, uh, desperately wanted the head, but he let you keep the body for whatever reason you decided to keep it for. Um, uh, yeah, so that's just sitting in the corner, just like... Uh, that's gross. Did we do that? You insisted we keep it? Ah, uh, that sounds like me. <laughs> that's I grab it by a tentacle and I start out the door. Oh. <laughs> Dragging it behind me. Clunk, clunk, clunk. You're like Ari's clunking disgusted. down the steps with it. Uh, Ari, what are you doing? <laughs> Ari just kind of touches the eye where the axe once was and goes, Oh, no. oh thank goodness. <laughs> and she, uh, her gaze follows where the body is being dragged by like one hand and just goes, c- c- If you insist on, on keeping it, could you at least. Cover what are you saying? It? I can't hear. I'm all, why are you? Speak up. All Cover of this noise. the genitals! There are children nearby! <laughs> <laughs> all of this noise, all of this shouting from the attic, by the way, wakes up you, Flintlock. So, mm-hmm. yes, describe your character, Me? how he looks, and what he does when he wakes up. Um, so Flintlock looks like shit. <laughs> he, he's, um, he's this dirty old man. He's, um... He's got a few barnacles on him, no one's really quite sure why, they're just sort of there. Um, he hears all this shouting in the rest of the house, he, you know, stretches, as like most people do when they wake up, and as he stretches, his bones all creak <laughs> and rattle. Um, he, he lets out a, it's a half yawn, half yell, like, ah! <laughs> um, the first thing he does when he wakes up is... Looks for some way you can take a piss. <laughs> there are... Well, you actually wake up in the stables, Flintlock. Um, there's a few, like, horses around, and there's also just, like, the horse, like, water trough. Uh, but you can just go outside and take a piss if that's what you Yeah, yeah, to. I'll do that. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> okay. wander outside, bleary-eyed. Okay. So I'll you just... wander outside, the sun is filtering through the trees, and it, like, starts to, like, the sunlight really hits you, and you're sort of all, like, bleary-eyed. Um, and, yeah, there's all these different trees just, like, swaying this tree trunks, so... I, I, I pick the nicest looking tree and uh, piss on it. <laughs> okay. Uh, after you're finished pissing, what do you do? 
Um, so I'm in the stables, right? I guess I'll go inside the house. You're, you're just outside the stables, so you can walk over, you can see the farmhouse in front of you. Okay, so you hop on inside, uh, and as you enter through the south side, uh, you first come to the kitchens. The kitchens are dead and empty. You seem to be well, not the first person to wait because you heard shouting, but there's nobody inside the kitchen. As you go out into the tap room, because uh, this is an inn and also a tavern, uh, run by Samuel and Cecilia, the people that you save that Ari knows. Um, and it's also similarly empty, but then you hear clunk, 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 and coming down the steps, uh, uh, Duva. First you see Duva, still dragging the corpse, and then you see Ari, like, running behind her. This enormous minotaur stomping down the stairs, carrying this destroyed body behind her. Morning, ladies. Hi, good morning. Look what I did, apparently. I can't remember it. I feel like I've been on a bender, but, you know, apparently I haven't, so that's interesting. But I did this, and that's that's fine. I mean, you I, are I sure it. did. <laughs> do you want it? I don't even know what to do. It's kind of gross, isn't it? Look at it. It's all like <laughs> wiggly. You hear some footsteps. No, and no, that's all yours. From outside, uh, from the hallway, comes in Cecilia, and immediately, as soon as she seems she's Duva holding up the corpse, she's just immediately like, "Not again, <laughs> Duva." <laughs> what? You're obsessed with this corpse, and well, I mean, I, I didn't know you, but uh, b- before we met in the caves, but I mean, are you okay? I the way the others talk about you, it, it you seem like a completely different person from the person that I've known. <laughs> I listen. I'm still figuring it out. Uh, I I think I may have been drunk. Um, I don't know how because nobody else was drunk with me, and that seems unlike me however killing this thing is very much like me so it's kind of like a twofer i mean it balances <laughs> out you know what i mean i know you're very proud of uh, what you did to that thing and it's sure gross. It was very impressive but just don't show it to the children again oh that's what it, i was doing ta- i was showing the kids damn it ali you should have told take me take it out take it out to the ship or something please they they've been through enough misery not have you dragging a corpse around our house. It's not miserable. It's pretty cool. Well, it's gross, but it's cool. In that, like, ew, it's gross kind of way. It's interesting, but they're, um... They're young children. Aye, so they should see the things that are just, around. This I is mean, my house. Can you please just take it away? Okay, so if I take it outside and get the and kids it's making to come a and mess, look at and it she outside... There's, like, a pool of purple blood underneath <laughs> it. There's, like, a few of the little uh, coils that intertwined have just started to loosen where you wounded it during the yeah. battle before you decapitated it, and it's, they're just, like, falling. That's rank. Ground. Oh, that's pretty bad, isn't it? Ugh, no. I'll take it outside. You just let the boys know that it'll be outside. I'll peg it to one of your... <laughs> you know, fucking... What you call no, it? Take, take it away. Out. <laughs> What are we yeah. going to do with it? <laughs> Show the boys, obviously. They've already it- seen it. You paraded <laughs> it around the, the tap room last night. Oh. <laughs> Duva. Duva. It, it's the outside player corpse, right? Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, perhaps they don't need a scarecrow um, that is bleeding. Scarecrow. Perhaps... That's what it could be. And also... No. Cecilia cuts in front of this conversation between Ari and Duva. And also, I spent several days down there, scared half to death in those tunnels. I really don't need a reminder of the one, the vile creature that put us there. And what if his um, friends, whatever they were that we saw through that portal, what if they come back for him? 
That sounds miserable. I can't remember. They might have some kind of burial ritual. Either way, I don't feel safe here, even with Samuel. He's a trained warrior, but I think only only a warrior of your caliber do the... (laughs) I instantly breathe. She has to reach up pretty high to get to your shoulder. (laughs) I flex. Could could take them on. You you took this one out, after all. You're right. I agree. I... I... (laughs) And then I find Flintlock, and I mouth, not at all subtly, Who is Samuel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I just sort of look back, I'm like... <laughs> and then I mouth this, again. by the way, because some people listen to this <laughs> as a podcast. Oh, yeah, 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 true. I, I, I look back, and I just sort of give her a look that says, like, yeah, I don't fucking know either. <laughs> I, I mime again, not subtly, Were you drunk as well? <laughs> I... <laughs> I I mouth no, like no, but I'm not 100 percent sure. That's okay. a mystery. I take gonna... the mind flare body outside. Okay. <laughs> and on that note, we're gonna cut away from this scene quickly, and uh, we are gonna go to the ship, the still undernamed ship, um, and we are now in the uh, underdecks of a ship. And this is a rather dirty ship. This is the ship that the party got for completing that last quest with the Mind Flayers uh, from the very shady merchant girl on Prime Water. He promised them a ship. They didn't really inquire as to what kind of ship. He kind of scammed them by giving them a, um, a ship that's seaworthy, but barely. And when they got onto the ship, uh, they found in the underdecks many large piles of filth. And one of those piles of filth <laughs> opened its eyes. And as the light hits that same pile of filth, he's going to open his eyes once again. This is Dr. Moss. Take it away, Connor. Uh, yeah, as, as the light sort of trickles in, you see uh, a very ghoulish, huge, like a goliath of a figure uh, with obviously skin sort of beginning to tear away. And this huge figure is actually sprawled across the ground in sort of like a fetal position. And it's spooning very closely a satchel. And this satchel's being clo- held tightly and close to its chest. Uh, as the light sort of hits its eye, it begins to stir. And, <clears throat> and it begins to turn around. And as it as it comes to consciousness, it dips its hand into its bag. And it feels around. And uh, sort of like a, a light aura of magic is seen. And he reassuringly closes his eyes again and he sort of drifts back into sleep okay as your eyes open just then you like blurrily looked around uh your ship because it's your ship technically it is uh it <laughs> is the underdecks of your ship uh you saw um a cargo hold what would be a cargo hold it's just a couple of empty barrels um and sleeping in a couple of the hammocks which is sort of like rotting and falling apart um so he had to sort of combine two of them to fit his rather uh large impressive frame uh, the Loxodon that you met, the first person that actually met you, that went into the underdecks of the ship, um, and sort of quickly became firm friends of you, and that is Farrant. James, take it away. So Farrant is, uh, trying not to move around too much, uh, firm discipline, hard spirit <laughs> to not roll around too much during his sleep either. Mm-hmm. Um, as the light gently floods across his eyes, he slowly, like, just, like, peels them open like this. And then he takes a look at his right hand to see if the gauntlet's still on, and it is. Mm-hmm. And he looks over and sees all his uh, other armor that he's taken off over there, and now he's just like currently 
in like uh, just a white top and white trousers, <laughs> and that's it. Okay. He doesn't wear he's, he doesn't he's got wear a white beater on. Yeah. His big loxodon beard belly like poking out. <laughs> it's a little bit stained. <laughs> dad bod. Yes. Probably does have it. He has a loxodon dad bod. Age of sixty-two. Yeah. Mm. Sixty-four. Which, actually. How, how old is it in human years? Remember we calculated. Uh just over just over five. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, it's around nine. Nine yeah. years old. Um. Yes, the, as, you, as you look at the gauntlet, you do still have it donned. Uh, it is faintly glowing blue, as it always does. Um, and you remember, you remember, this is both asking Farron and James, uh, the messages you sent before you went to bed the night yes, before. Yes, I do. Yeah. I, um, I feel a little bit uneased, but also kind of uh, having faith as well mm-hmm. in my parents and Solaris. Mm-hmm. And uh, I sent a bunch of sending messages to my dad and mum. I just, I just used all all of my available uh, holy magic I had for the day that we didn't use and I talked to my mum and dad and I said hello mum oh it's so nice to talk to you again and then I sent to another one saying I'm dying (laughs) (laughs) oh no (laughs) this is completely out of game by the way nobody knows that he did this (laughs) my skin is falling off of my body and I can not I can hardly breathe (laughs) you can reveal this in character by the way James yeah Okay. Yeah. So, <clears throat> That's okay. I'm gonna go for something a bit new. This was after the last session. Yeah, uh, I'll reveal it later when I actually talk to you guys. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I very softly attempt to roll out of the hammocks mm-hmm. and I place my bare elephant feet on the deck of the ship and rock about slightly. And the first thing I do before I put on any armor or talk to anyone. I uh, get down on my uh, knees and my hands, and I quickly do a quick prayer to Torm. Mm-hmm. It's less of a, the... and more of just like a kneeling with like the gauntlet. Yeah. Yeah. Like a kneel, plant my hands together, do a quick like bow, do that like five times. A really nice just quick <laughs> prayer to Torm, you know? It's mandatory. He deserves it. He's worth it. Um, <laughs> I stand up and I start, uh, I look over at Moss and see he's still like a big dirty blob huddled in the corner. <laughs> and I nod. <laughs> Yeah. And then I start putting on my uh, I put on my other steel gauntlet, which is just a normal ass gauntlet on my left mm. hand, and I put on my uh, leather armor, strap it on myself, and then afterwards I grab my mace and shield and my uh, little satchel filled with like not too many things because I don't actually have much on me right now, especially not after I sold my steel actual armor because mm-hmm. it was falling apart, <laughs> and even my leather armor has like all the scratches still through it with like a few threads in between and mm-hmm. like a few piece, uh, pieces of leather like missing and falling off but I still wear it anyway for a little bit of protection and uh, after that I walk over to Moss and I like look down at him to see if he's still asleep and uh, I try and like look at the sun to see what time it is <laughs> based on the shadows uh, and I like stare <laughs> sure make it hold on um, I usually keep like a character sheet with me uh, I'll have to find one on. Wait, are you just so staring at the sun? Of the skills. I'm not staring at the sun. I'm trying to like get a figure, feel for what actual time it is based in the shadows, which should probably be like long as fuck. Yeah, fun, sure. Just make a um, make a. There it is. Make a. I don't know. I guess like inside check. <laughs> like now, it'd be probably like a nature check. Actually, sorry. 
That's nine plus nature plus two. That's eleven. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you can't tell the exact time, but it's definitely like uh, between like six to nine a.m. It's like fairly early morning. Right. So I decide uh, firmly to not wake up Moss until I go okay. bring the others back to the ship. So I can give a little more. Make such a racket. <laughs> bit, uh, bit more sleepy time for him. Hey, <laughs> look, right, I was being very, very light, being very light and careful oh, with my prayers. He's now sort of like stirring awake, and he, from from this the fetal position, he sort of like rolls over onto his back, and he looks up at Farron, and. Farron's bowing in front of me. Every, every now and then, like, I, like, I step on the ship and, like, it goes, ee, and, like, freaks like hell, and I just look over to you, like, for, like, ten seconds. Hold me up. Yeah, d- during all of those descriptions that James was just giving about, like, putting on his armor and everything, that was happening. He was, like, looking over and then putting on another thing and then looking over. Yeah, yeah, with, like, an outstretched hand, he's like, yeah. Hold me up, please. I like quickly rush over to his side and grab him. Like, all right, here we go. Uh, uh, is it right if I just grab your hand? Yeah, just just grab me anywhere. All right, make a like, make a uh, strength check, please. I He's a hell goliath, him. so this is gonna take effort. I grab him firmly. Can I use the helping action? I'm also sort <laughs> yeah, of yeah, you, you can give you can give him a d4. That's that's a, still three plus two. A, a d4 plus your strength <laughs> bonus. That's still six. That's still seven. Two, so I give plus four then. Okay, so eleven. Yeah, yes. Okay, eleven. You managed to pull him halfway up. You're like <laughs> digging, but quickly grabbing. For like, you, you you have elephant feet. Oh, they don't really like. The ship. You can't really dig your heels <laughs> in because you don't really have heels. So <laughs> you just you both just tumble down onto the ground immediately. It just makes it all money like crack. On the ship. Do we do we hear that from inside the house? No. 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 Oh, you're pretty large, boss. I could say the same about you. Admirable size. Uh, you wanna you wanna try again? How are your bones? Let's just wait for a minute. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm I'm good to stand up. Let's just lay here. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. I'm a young spry lad. I, I'm feeling pretty good to go get the overs now so we can get this uh, show on the road. You can get up without any kind of check if you want, James. I, uh, I, I, I lightly uh, tap you on the shoulder, hoping I don't accidentally break your strong bones. And I stand up like, uh, if you uh, just please wait right there, Mars, I promise I'll get the overs and we'll be back uh, in just a few minutes or half an hour. Moss is just going to attempt to get up by himself. <laughs> well, you can do it. You can do it. Yeah, it's, it gets up. <laughs> it takes a little while. I'll, I'll say that much, but eventually you're like... Urgh! He then goes to his log, his warhammer, which is sort of broken off from a log, and he sort of flips it up to the... So he's holding on to the club end, and he plants it down, and the hilt has become like a cane, and he begins to hobble yeah, over. Yeah. Oh, it's it's like a big, it. thick... A big, thick, mossy tree trunk. And uh, it's like a rock at the end, isn't it? Yeah. And th- that's his hammer. Um, yeah. Oh, Doctor. Now, now that Moss is... Uh, end. Yeah. Now that Moss is out of his little, like, pile of filth, what does he look like? What is he wearing? Yeah, so Moss, as you can see, is a very sort of hunched over individual. 
Um, he's wearing lots of rags, lots of clothes that are like lots of pieces of cloth that are sort of just been thrown over the tops of each other to sort of the tops of each other to make sort of a, a dense piece of clothing. Um, but notably, uh, Moss looks incredibly ghoulish. He looks very necrotic. He's got skin that's tearing away. Um, his eyes pretty, pretty much just have like a constantly. Uh, like just emitting fluid constantly that sort of run down the side of his face. He's got like, oh. junk dividers all around his <laughs> eye. His eyes sort of glow like faintly yellow though, don't they? And he's almost toothless. He's yeah. got a few sort of, uh, let's say a couple of his maulers left, mm. um, a couple of canines. But other than that, he's just a very last legs individual. Yeah. And he hovels around. It's not looking good for Moss. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, so um, if it's alright with you, um, Moss is actually going to head uh, above deck. Alright. He's going to sort of go over to where those harpies were that we killed in the previous previous day. Yes, I'm, I'm pretty sure their, their bodies are still just like rotting on the, <laughs> this, on the actual deck. And he's going to go to one and he's going to sort of lift up the leg and he's going to give it a sniff and oh. he's going <laughs> to see if it's still good to eat. Yeah. <laughs> Just sort of oh smells like God. faintly like bird poo, and uh, <laughs> just like oh. matted like wet manky feathers. It smells Delicious. like a dead bird, basically. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> He's and um, and I'm so have he... you make a, yeah. a check to see if it's okay to eat. So yeah, make a nature check for me. Eight plus oh. negative one seven. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you immediately just start biting into it. Um, you feel fine. Like, it's not, like, the best meat, and you're, like, spitting out feathers. Uh, but uh, I can... Moss wouldn't spit out the feathers. Okay, you, you <laughs> chew the feathers uh, with what with what teeth that you have. Um, you know, you feel okay immediately. Like, it doesn't taste great, but you're not really used to eating amazing food anyway. So Yeah, and, and so he then, after he's finished his meal, he then reaches into his, his sort of, like, what would be his jock strap, and he pulls <laughs> out, like, a, a bone with sort of, like, a, a frog leg hanging from the end of it, and he starts mm. to pick at his teeth. Mm. Ugh. Moss, are you sure if that's safe to eat? I will uh, tell uh, you in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here too. Uh, I think I'll pass on the harpy. He's, he's sort of like gesturing it to you, like eat. You thin. Um, I'm not very. Uh, I'm not actually that thin, Moss. I mean, compared to you, maybe, but uh, I'm I'm pretty proud of my uh, my accumulated mass. Yeah. As he offers it to you, you look down and you do see, like, this is a harpy that's, that's been here for, like, 16 hours. So you do actually notice a few worms. <laughs> it started to, like, necrosis has taken. Yeah, a few maggots. Flavor. Yeah, a few maggots. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, I'll leave this one... I'll leave this one here for you. I'm gonna take <laughs> the other bodies and actually just throw them off the ship. Moss <laughs> <laughs> is, like, pulling out worms and he's, like, slurping on them like spaghetti. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's probably actually the healthiest part of the heart. That is uh, disgusting. It's good for the gut fiber. <laughs> so I and then actually, he's gonna sort of moss his then uh, He's gonna lose interest in. He's full now. He's gonna hobble over to Farron and immediately start like pulling it down at his eyes, like looking like, looking at the the coloration beneath his eyes. He's doing medicine check. Like, yeah. Uh, okay. Sir, please yeah. don't stick your maggoty fingers <laughs> in my eyes too much. Be still. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> 21. Oh, 21. Okay. I mean, you're a trained doctor, right? Dr. Moss. Um, I know you have a doctorate. 
And uh, yeah, you're like looking over. His face looks okay, but it is rather drained of color. Usually Loxodons are sort of between, like they're like a gray-blue color. So, uh, but he's far more on the gray side. Um, and you sort of notice his ears are like drooping down. And actually, even though the necrosis hasn't started to affect his face, uh, on just like the tips of his ears, kind of like, you, you know when a cat sometimes has like very like rough ears? It's kind of like that. Like just a little bit of like skin and flesh has started to like peel off. Um, mm. And even though he is fully clothed, you're doing a full like medicine check on him, right? So like you, yeah. <laughs> you take off one of his gauntlets. I'm I'm going through. If Farron gives you permission, and as you take one of the gauntlets and you're like analyzing the, his like big like chunky four fingers, uh, you see that a few like fingernails have fallen off, and the necrosis has actually started to like take hold of most of his body. His face and his brain will be like the last part, and once it hits his brain, he will die. So, um, in terms of how many days he has left, probably looking at about a week. And actually, oh. I forgot every long rest. Um, I have to roll damage for you, Farron. And me. You take, and uh, make a Definitely not the other yes, person and, in the party. And Duva. And you, and you as well, Duva. Yeah, true. Um, so I will have you both make constitution saving for us. Uh, that's a uh, 11. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, Farron, you fail. You take nine necrotic damage right off the bat as you wake up. All right, uh, Moss, because it, it happened when he woke up, so Moss has already noticed this. He's uh, going to yeah. Hold on. Uh, how did you do I got either a 19 or a 22. What do you mean either? Because <laughs> uh, I think I'm proficient in constitution saving throws. Oh, well, is it on your saving throws? Yeah, I've got... Then yeah, it, yeah, it'll be your proficiency. Then it'd be 22. Okay, 22. Pretty good. You only take uh, four. Four necrotic damage. Oh, Wait. no. Anyway, what it's, were you going to say? It's because of the Mind Flayer body. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, luck. Because <laughs> that happened when he woke up, hey? Uh, basically, the way the curse works is that um, Farron can, like, heal himself back up, but then overnight the curse, like, fights back. So uh, even though the necrosis is just, like, like he's, his skin is peeling away, it's, like, partially healing, but then overnight, uh, yeah, it starts to get worse again. All right. Comes for a minute. Um, so, so he, that's already happened to him. So that, yeah. Um, so yeah, because naturally Moss has noticed this, mm. um, having yeah. So he's actually going to use uh, nine of his lay on hands. He's going to heal him right back up. Oh fuck, okay. So he, he's like, you know, I'm like going through like, if you have like, with the necrosis, did you say that would his veins be like darker yeah, or something so his, along his, those lines? His face definitely looks like he's. Uh, sick. He's pale. His veins are dark. His veins are darker. But in terms of the actual necrosis effect, like his flesh falling off, that seems to only be affecting his body and like the very edge of his ears. Okay. Um. So, I'll let you describe it. But essentially, what Moss is now doing is he's laying on hands, and whatever he can absorb, um, he's going to take from with his lay on hands. He's going to take from Farron. Um, so if it drains out from whatever point I'd like it to sort of like drain out to the point of contact with Moss so I'd say that Moss has sort of gripped you um, Farron by the back of the head the back of the neck now yeah and he's like looking deep in him as the all of what can be taken out is being absorbed through to Moss and as you see like Moss's skin sort of begins to bubble yeah so Farron uh, as you're looking as you're making eye contact with Moss he's like holding you close you see that for the first time you notice, Moss actually has a few, like, flecks of flesh that look kind of healthy on his face. He has patches that still look like a, a normal human face that haven't gone through necrosis and moss and, you know, all sorts of things. Uh, but those 
couple of those little specks of flesh as he does the lay on hands and you look down at your arm and where the necrosis is like newly like like eaten into you at night that starts to heal over you've still got scars you know it's not fully healed over um but it's it's healed a bit but then as that happens you look back up into moss's face and those a couple of those little flecks of like f like proper flesh he has those peel off and die moss are you all right yeah yeah is that how your healing it, works? It sometimes does that. And he then sort of turns and walks back to one of the harpies and that he hasn't eaten. He's going to grab a leg and he's going to try and expose a bone. Okay. And so he's going to be tearing out the flesh and everything to expose a bone. Mm -hmm. And he's going to try and snap said bone and take out a little chunk of it. Yeah, and I won't have you roll check that. Um, yeah, so Moss also has an alchemist kit. And yep. so he's going to try and put it into sort of like a grinder. He's going to try and grind up said the, the bone. Mm -hmm. And then with little bits of the... He's throwing in bits of the harpy blood too, and he's grinding it all together. And he walks back over to Farron, and with this bone blood paste, he goes to the, the falling flesh on his ears, and he sort of like wipes it on like a cream. <laughs> oh. oh, no. Okay, so, so, I trust you, Moss, but... Uh, is this, is this some gross. kind of like healing paste that you're trying to make, or is this just... Uh, is that Sorry? Well, um... Is this going to have like a mechanical impact or is this just... No, no, no. Okay. Well, look, this, is, this is like sort of... Uh, I'd like to sort of say like uh, witch doctory sort of okay. medicine. It's um, so it's sort not of actually going to... On, like... on the fly. There's no mechanics to it or anything. Okay. He, he's well, just like I, I need to know that so then I know where we're going to check. But... The, the sense, the, the, the idea is Moss just has remedies... Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, he has his point of Paltrow uh, snake oil. Oh my goodness. Yeah, he, he's, he's proactive in the sense. Whether it works or not, yeah. who knows? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but that's just something that he does. And he, he sort of reassures Farron. He says, It will be better soon. I, uh, I uh, tap Moss's shoulder and give him a big old hug. Aww. And like, no, he's all so I don't care. Moss has uh, never been really off. hugged before, so he, he, he's trying to. He, he comes in really low. So he sort of like scoops you, and, he, and he's hugging yep. you back, and then he sort of puts it on you. And there's like a bunch of like gross stains on my leather armor now, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah, there's like flies coming from everywhere. Oh. And actually, some of Moss's eyes juice is dripping on you. Oh, oh no. Nice. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I go, Moss, Moss is touched by this. Dr. Moss, you're welcome to come with us. I'm not sure if you had any plans to go anywhere else before, but... As far oh. as I'm concerned, you're part of the gang. That's what I call it. I don't know what it is. Uh, we're, we're a bunch okay. of people. The gang. In quotes. I said that. What's it, what are these? Uh, quotation marks. I learned about it back in school. Uh, apparently it's like used to say that you weren't the one that said it someone else did but I'm the one who said it so I put them there I guess I don't, I don't really well, know I think I'm following I think it's common if I was anyway. to say Farad explained it to me as you put them there when somebody <laughs> else says yeah, he continues to repeat whatever you said I can't remember <laughs> that's exactly how it is yes that works um, I will use this until the until my dying breath. 
<laughs> you have taught me much. <laughs> oh, I can teach you a lot more. I'm quite. I used to be a teacher actually for like two years. I was a doctor. You're a pretty good doctor, apart from the harpy blood stuff. But I'm looking forward to seeing what happens from that. Oh, you haven't seen it in action yet. I just applied it. Yes, uh, I just never really looked into the efficient uh, use of harpy blood and bone in medicinal practices. And then, so Moss, Moss actually goes into his book, and he um, he flick like so. Moss has a little journal, like a medicine journal, and he flicks to an empty page, and he says, um, "Harpy bone and blood," and then just beneath it, so he does a line, and then TBA, <laughs> and, then, and, then he, and then he just like closes the book, and he's just like, "We will see." You, you, Experimental you medicine. Yes, you sneak a peek at his journal, and it's it's just like like madman scribblings. Uh, you don't uh, read dwarvish, do you? Farron? Yeah. No, I don't think so. No, you don't. Okay, yeah, so it's, you don't recognize any of it, but it's just like the entire pages as he flicks through, and every page is just full. Oh, I don't speak to all this. You should, because that's how uh, Goliaths. Well, that's how they write. Basically. Oh, okay. I'll add that. You can add that. Free of charge. You can have that one. That was a gift. Um, I proceed to pick up uh, two of the or the rest of the harpy bodies and uh throw them into the ocean where they can properly <laughs> decay and feed the fish okay so and i uh that's good no i left you that one there that's half eaten you half ate that one that's yours uh you know we can get some more food later don't worry about it man i've i thought about you and i left you that one and Moss is upset and he starts stomping and then he grabs like the, the harpy remains and he sort of like drags and he, he actually goes below deck and you just hear a lot of like rummaging <laughs> and he's hiding it. Okay. Oh God. Moss, I'm going to go get the others. Uh, don't stray off or do anything too bizarre or strange. <laughs> Alright. And then Moss okay. sort of comes back up and he, he joins you. He goes, let's go. Alright, okay. come with me. So, much like you did uh, the night, the evening, yesterday, um, you hobbled over to the ship uh, to sleep in the ship, and now you're retracing your steps until eventually you get to the farmhouse, where you can indeed hear... Actually, no, uh, you don't hear any yelling, but you do see um, a Duva uh, walk out, uh, <laughs> mindfully a body in tow, just like slugged <laughs> over her shoulder, uh, immediately after uh, she's had that discussion with Cecilia. So that's the first thing you see. So she's got like a hoof down and she's like making the shallowest, shittiest grave that's ever been made. <laughs> it's going to take like one rain and this body's going to come straight back up to the surface. Like, she's <laughs> just doing that bull thing where you stomp your foot oh, yeah. and drag it she's back. Going, that's it. <laughs> she's sort of like snorting yep. while she does it. That's it. That'll do. Throws it in kicks some dirt over it and it's not even slightly buried like there's like tendrils hanging out <laughs> just bits you guys, of body you guys can it's see just... all of this by the way Farron so to Moss and Farron can see it yeah, yeah. Farron proceeds to you... go <gasps> that's good mate and <laughs> I did, I did. over did you want Wait, her I mean you can have it. it here he starts digging up the shallow grave do it's, the run up <laughs> With the most agility you've ever seen, uh, Moss use. He just, like, I, <laughs> he's still like hovering, but he's doing it incredibly quickly. It's like I don't remember Moss. I've never met Moss. I was oh, at one intelligence. Sorry. Yeah. Just from Varen's perspective. Just this random homeless man running up, yeah. yelling at you to not bury the good man. Yeah. I just step back and let it happen. Like um. I'm running this... up behind. <laughs> okay. Wait. Ah, 
Moss, I didn't see so, her. And so Moss is like uncovered the body, and as Farron sort of rears up behind him, he goes, Scalpel. And he's turned his hand back. <laughs> I, I didn't bring any tools, Moss. Uh, wait, I was, gonna sh I was gonna show that body to my parents to see if they knew anything about purple squid men. Is um is Farron holding like does he have like a dagger on his hilt or anything? I have a hand axe. I hand you a hand axe. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, yeah, he, he grabs the hand axe and he starts put like cutting off like tendrils and tentacles and stuff. And he, he's just like filling it into a not the satchel that he was he was spooning into a different yeah. like little little pouch bag. And he's like okay. throwing it in. How much of the corpse do you like take off? I want pretty much any tendril. Oh my. Okay. So that's why. That's, that's like, all of the corpses. Yeah, they're, they're literally made up of tendrils and tentacles that are wound together very tightly. So right, you can just, like, okay. Tear, like tendrils off of it that are like yeah. knotted together. Um, you ever seen that would be, King if Kong? You took everything that would be the entire body. You guys ever seen Kong Skull Island? No. Where he takes down that no. giant squid and he just rips off pieces. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. He's basically taking yeah. large He's chunks, large of, chunks calamari. of calamari. Yeah. 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 So, so how much of the body do you want? Let's say I'm going to take. Dish. As much as let's say about a kilo's worth. Of oh my god! That, this that's going to fill up your entire satchel. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. You, you, Should so, you see yeah. how it tastes first? Moss is taking his pound of flesh literally. <laughs> I know how this tastes, good sir. No, it's not squid. It's something else. Moss, have you met one of these purple squid men before? Have... If you said it's not squid, and then followed with squid man. <laughs> no, he looks like a squid. Well, that's not, not a squid. Re be reason to believe it is squid. He controls people's brains with his own brain. I Eating it might be dangerous. I don't know. Well, is this your friend? I. Oh, I'm vegetarian. <laughs> um, Moss is looking at the tendrils, and he's gonna uh, do the same. Good to eat. Oh, oh you're gonna try and eat oh one. Oh my god. Oh. Well, he's gonna do the do the check first. Good to okay. eat. Well, while this is all happening, Flintlock. That's how mind flayers are made. <laughs> Flintlock wanders out the house and like joins up with everyone while this is happening. Yeah, so, um. Yeah, Ari hears yeah, the commotion say... and walks out too. Uh, what check did I have you make before? Was it medicine? Uh, nature. 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 Oh, well, I'll have you make a. If it's a good to eat check, I should have probably made you make a medicine check. Alright, cool. Yeah. Because you'd. 19. 19. Uh, you look down at it. It starts to writhe a little bit. <laughs> and He's like, smell it. You smell it and mm, you have no idea what this is. You've never seen a tentacle quite like this. It's pattern, uh, it like writhing so long after death. This thing was killed like two days ago. And good Furious. to eat. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> you can't uh, be 100% certain, but probably not. I think it's an The inquisitive side of me is... Is really taking over. I I I reckon you should do it, <laughs> man. Just go boss. ahead. Do it, lad. Go ahead. Do it. Do it. When <laughs> could you talk? Uh, <laughs> it's true. Um, I tried having many conversations with you. Uh listen, it's been it's been a in in, in your native tongue, Moss says Are you taking the piss with me right now? <laughs> Did you say that in Minotaur? Yeah, I do. Oh my god, I say back I, in Minotaur. Look, I didn't, it's I didn't been... realize you could speak Minotaur. <laughs> yeah. I can speak uh, Minotaur. It, I, it's been a few days. Look, I think I was drunk, but I'm not too sure. 
I have a funny suspicion that Flintlock was also on whatever it was. I but... you. You were not intoxicated. Oh. You were brain mm. dead because you had your brain eaten. Oh. If I recall correctly, your brain was eaten. Is it still in there? I, I knocked the top Let of Let me stuff. check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it works. <laughs> Careful. He's still holding the hand axe. He's like, look, and I'm not going to make a medicine check. Like, I mean. <laughs> well, so, so are you going to be hacking through more of it? No, no, I'm looking in, in Duva's ear for a brain. Yeah. But yeah. Like, oh, what? Well, <laughs> you're I not hearing it. through a ear. Yeah, it's... it's... <laughs> I tweak one ear so that the light might go through, so I kind of yeah. hold up you, one you, ear, let the you other see one an be looking through. I'm just gonna do a general medicine check again. On Ari Duva. is just. Okay. I, I I had I. I'm just gonna readjust my camera. I hadn't uh, lost my telescope, and I'm like, you want to use this, big fella? <laughs> Ari. <laughs> Ari is. He like gets Duva to like position your nose over this lens. I do exactly that. There you go, and he's like looking at the other end. I'm still breathing through my nose though, so there's like mist all over the. the a glass. little bit foggy. Uh, <laughs> I do not. Ari is staring by the porch <laughs> at the scene that is unfolding, and is completely dumbfounded by her companions. Oh. Who's this man, by the way? I kind of remember. Who are you? Oh, he, he puts your, <laughs> the boss puts his finger over your mouth. He says in Minotaur, Hush. <laughs> I'm tempted to, to bite that hand. How long until how long of a journey until Solaris? I, you know, you're days. asking the wrong person. So, uh, Farrand, you'd probably know. I'll have you make a history check for a it, A few though. days? Right. Well, um... And he points his, his disheveled finger at Farrand, and he goes, He'll be dead by the end of the week. <laughs> oh, oh! What? We, uh, what? What? Oh, potentially, that's a bit alarming. And I do not wish to force anybody's hand. Well, what are we standing around here oh, for? Let's go to <laughs> We're going there right now, actually, Moss. I run over to Farrand and I give him a hug. He's not even remotely distraught, but Duver thinks he is. It'll be all right, <laughs> mate. It'll be all right. We'll get you there. It'll be cool. Um, be fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking we might make it there on time. I mean, it's only a few days away. That's not well, a week away. As long as we don't, as long as someone doesn't grab on the wheel and just steer us right off course for whatever reason. Let's go. We can't. We ain't got a second to waste. All right. Okay. All right. We need to. I march on. I march Harry. onto the ship and attempt to pull up the anchor and fail miserably. Oh, 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 you're, you're not on the ship yet. Um, oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> so, so you're Harry standing in front of the farmhouse and Ari's watching on the porch. So, Ari, what do you want to do? These all these guys all seem to be heading towards the <laughs> ship right now. I'll be dead in a week. Ari is conflicted because, yes, she needs to go, but she remembers feeling so safe and content from her past with Cecilia so she turns to the doorway and is Samuel, Cecilia or the children there? Cecilia's there, yeah. Okay. yeah this is this is picking up right where yeah. we left off with you guys. Okay. Both of those scenes were happening at the same time. I have to go with them. I have to. Well... I, I understand. 
You have to go help your friends, but, uh... You did say you were going to Nialdra afterwards, right? Yes. Samuel will meet you there, and he'll keep you safe. He... he told you? <laughs> I'm she surprised. was there when that was happening. Okay, I'm yeah. surprised you're okay with letting him go. <laughs> oh, I'm not, but... I can't control him, can I? No. People want what they want. He's from his past. He's a very strong man. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be fine. Am I okay with him charging off back into that nest of vipers? No, but I don't think he'll ever be satisfied until he does. I can't live with a man like that. He might as well be dead. He'll help keep you safe and uh, you help keep him safe. And she looks over at the other group as well. Like, I am lifting L Loxodon <laughs> child into my arms <laughs> like a baby. <laughs> Mommy? Sorry. Mommy? Yeah. Sorry. Mommy? <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> Ari begins to grab her coin and purse. You'll have the rest of them with you as well, so I he'll be fine and you'll be fine. But as Cecilia is saying that, it's kind mm -hmm. of obvious that she's sort of like yeah. herself that. Yeah, she grabs her coin purse and starts looking for some um, pieces to give to Cecilia. Please, is there anything I can do to repay you for what you've done for me? We don't need money. Repay, Ari, you've already repaid us. You saved us. This is But I feel... But you saved but... me. I need to... <laughs> I need well, to repay you. We've saved each other. That's the closest thing to equal any of us will ever have in this world. <sighs> You're like a mother to me. Well, somebody needed to be. <laughs> I hope Travel to see safe. you again. She gives her a hug. I don't want to head... Oh, she hugs you back, by the way. She, yeah. She's like... I, <laughs> she's just like no, uh, she hugs you back, but she sort of says that in your uh, ear. She's like, I can't go back to Niadra, but return here afterwards. I will. We'll see each other again. We'll see each other again, Cecilia. See each other again, Vesalia. That's the first time you've really been referred to by that name in very long time and uh, she tell the kids I say bye she knows that the, the goodbye is gonna last forever if she hangs around so she uh, mm. she waves at you but then rather abruptly actually turns back yeah. into the tap room so you're just she, left there on the porch by yeah. yourself Ari gains her composure <sighs> turns with this new found confidence and mm -hmm. bravery that she had gained from that small interaction with the woman that raised her. She strives towards the group, towards the yeah. boat. You can all feel the girl boss energy in the room. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, I, I started marching off towards the ship as soon as Farron said he had like a week to live. Okay. Or as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as Moss enough. or Farron said that Farron had a week to live. I'm going to die. <laughs> that, that heartfelt... Uh, scene was happening on the porch while at the same time Farron and Duma were just like hugging as like Farron was trying to get away from her uh, yeah, and Moss Duma. was just 
was just watching on and Flintlock was already like a kilometer away. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, do, do we bring Calamari Man with us? Let's go. Um, I've still um, got a kilo of him. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I would well, like to, to be bridal carrying Baron. Okay, okay. Do we want to learn more about the Tentacle Man? Because we saw like an entire <laughs> world of tentacle aesthetic people. Do you want to go back and get the dead thing? We could go back and get the dead thing. <laughs> I turn around and I'm bridal carrying Farron, <laughs> and I I, I drop uh, to my knees. My so, <laughs> I drop to my knees so that Farron can grab the dead body. I I, I very awkwardly reach down <laughs> yeah. while I'm in his arms. And goes, <laughs> you don't really need to do much. There's only like a bit of dirt over it. She did the laziest burial drop possible. And I just, just like pick it up. yank him out. Yeah. Yep. And, and I stand back up in a bridal carriage. Yes. Harry yeah. catches up. She catches up and quickly notices this, and she just kind of goes, "Ew!" So she grabs <laughs> she grabs her dirty cape that she no longer wears, and she just kind of hands it to Farron so he can wrap up the remains of the oh. deli meat man. <laughs> the deli much, meat. <laughs> like wrap the cape, and I like try and like cover him up to like, and like I wipe all the blood off me as well as like a few of the stains <laughs> from mm-hmm. Doctor Moss. I like scrub myself off a bit and I like wipe it off with the dirty cloak and there's like a bit of a bunch of mud and blood on me now but still probably preferable. (laughs) Cover up the tentacle man and I bundle him up and I fold him like a nice pair of laundry as usual (laughs) and tie up the top and I carry him (laughs) like a newborn Are you still being carried by Duva? Yes. So Duva's carrying Farron and Farron's like a little child. Carry, I'm, only three, you know, I'm only 300 pounds at the You moment. can probably yeah. carry the uh, Mind Flayer in your trunk, actually. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, so then you all head towards the ship, correct? Yep. Stop okay. me. Quickly. Yep. Uh, Moss is going to sort of walk towards the kids mm-hmm. that are sitting oh, no. on the porch. Well, the, the kids aren't awake yet. Oh, right. Sorry, no. I thought the kids were on the porch. Um, Moss is quickly just going to, like, gesture to the lady. Hey, hi. She, she's closed the door. Does she just shut the door on him? No, no, she doesn't shut the door on him. She shut the door after saying goodbye to Ari. So that was like a few minutes ago. Ah, all right. No worries. Then uh, Moss knocks on the door. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> after a few seconds, the door opens and uh, Cecilia's like, her eyes are red. She's obviously been crying. She's like, hello? May I? <laughs> May you what? Oh, um. That's a threat. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, you you said you're some kind of doctor, so I I suppose, and then you make a medicine check. 24. 24. Uh, She seems a bit shaken up. Do I get a detailed uh, medical history? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She has the the signs of uh, of three uh, pregnancies. Uh, one was uh, overdue, so she was heavily pregnant for, for quite some time, at least 10 months. You know, that can take a toll on a woman. Uh, she's about uh, 40-something, uh, red hair starting to uh, grey. Um, in terms of overall health, though, she seems okay, but a little bit uh, shaken up. Um, and you do notice a few, like, pox scars on her cheek as well, where she's had some kind of uh, disease. But that was if, in the past. So the disease is no longer present? No. Alright. If scarred over. I, um, it, it, does she look full? Like, has she been eating? Like, is she fading yeah. away? Like, yeah, I mean, it's a farmhouse, so they have farm animals and everything. Alright, cool. Yeah. 
All right, and then I, I go. <laughs> Extend your hand. <laughs> she does so. <laughs> yeah, and I put place something in her hand firmly, and I say, um, "This should have you more comfortable for a few weeks." And then I turn around and walk away, and um, she opens her, her palm. Yeah, it's two, it's two gold pieces. Oh. <laughs> How far away are you by the time she's like opened it? You've already like dashed, hobbled away. I I have left before she can open it. Okay. If if she calls to me, I'm just gonna keep walking. Yeah, well, she's like, she just you hear like a very meek thank you, but like she's obviously still choked up. So she's like, thank you. And this old man's just like with his cane hobbling away, going going towards the ship. Okay. So. Uh, you're all on the ship. Uh, Flintlock, uh, sorry, Moss, by the time you get there, uh, Flintlock has already, uh, <laughs> manned the captain's steering wheel. Um, and, uh, Duva is in the process, because these are the two with, like, you know, ship history. Uh, Duva is already in the process of, you know, using a considerable strength to pull the rigging. Uh, the Mind Flayer body is just, like, wrapped up in a very neat bundle off in the corner. <laughs> and the sails are all muddy. The ropes. Okay. Um, the sails are just an almighty, like, foom, fall down. Uh, it's very, like, battered canvas, but still seaworthy. Um, and afterwards, Duva stomps over to pull the anchor up, and it takes <coughs> a few. One, two, and then she looks over at you, Farron, and she's like, she hasn't quite got it. I'll help. I'm good at helping. Uh, so then you also manage to help, and you manage to pull the anchor up, and it goes, foom, lands up on the deck uh, almost like plunges through a couple of the boards <laughs> in the yeah. process because the ship is falling apart and um, the ship starts to be carried away on the wind uh, you have a map I'm sure someone has a compass so you can start plotting a course to Solaris oh, did Moss make it on before it's rock? <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, we, we leave Moss behind wait. sorry oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> actually <laughs> You guys all do this, and you're like, okay. Anchors away, bon voyage, and you look over, and you do see Moss just, like, hobbling. It's like he's missed the bus. Like, what? Yeah, he's, like, he's, waving, he's waving his big cane, his tree Moss, trunk cane. take my hand. Yeah, I'm manning the helm, and I see Moss, and I'm like, stop! <laughs> At this point, it's a few meters away, so you probably won't be able to jump. All right, um, I just missed his step on. <laughs> so, so, someone will have to throw the anchor back down. <laughs> If it's within 30 feet, break. I can't it. Oh. it is within 30 feet, yeah. Yeah, I just teleport. Okay, so you guys are like, no, no. <laughs> not anchors away, not anchors away. <laughs> Duva quickly goes to throw the anchor back down, and then all of a sudden, Moss is like suddenly on deck, just like laughing. Like, oh, you oh, see that? Yeah. Duva, you feel behind you, just like this, like you feel like smell this stench. You look behind you, you see this like cloud of flies, and like the strange green mist. And then Moss just appears, like holding his cane, looking very, very wise behind you. I, before Moss arrived, I looked at Farron like it was Farron that did it. <laughs> like, what the hell have you been eating, boy? No wonder you're gonna die in a week. <laughs> um, I touched those gold coins you're so fond of, and that's why I'm dying. But uh, let's not worry about that. It's not that important. Um, we good to go, oh, everyone? I seem to be fine. I've had no issues with it. Yeah, well, <laughs> just don't drop them. Um, is everyone yeah. else on the ship? Oh, good. 
Aye. Everyone feeling good, happy, healthy, well? Aye. Yep. Alright, let's go through and try to get through that magical fog again, because that was pretty fun. It was. We look over, <laughs> and the magical fog has seemed to have dissipated in the morning. Ooh. Like, overnight. Oh, well, that's a shame, but oh well. <laughs> Ari... Ari sighs wistfully and just kind of leans over the, like, puts her hands on the edge of the ship and mm-hmm. just, like, stares out dramatically over the sea. <laughs> Ari's in a completely other story at the moment. Yeah. Are, you, are you downwind? I hope not. Alrighty, quick, run! <laughs> While Ari does nothing, do in the background. You know, the ocean... <laughs> I do have an enhanced sense of smell. Oh no. <laughs> okay, and with that, <laughs> with that, Duva, you once more wrench the anchor away. Uh, Farrant helps you. And the ship, after that uh, dramatic opening was cut to a halt, it starts up again. And you're now caught on the wind and the ship starts to float away from uh, the Azua coast, the coast of Mykonos. And... Uh, Southwest to the domain of the Corsair where Solaris is. Um, okay, and with that, we're going to take a quick break because um, I need to quickly eat something. But when we return, there will be adventures on the high seas. Woo-hoo. Woo! Wow!